We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows not to judge a man by his car's multicolored paint job or absence of modern gadgetry. Who cares if it's technically old enough to vote and the windows are powered by the strength of your left arm? Your monthly payment is zero, and it'll stay that way. Because with over 500,000 parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep anything on the road. She may not be pretty, but she's all yours. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Geico presents sharing versus oversharing. Today, Bridget Griffin shared a video of her daily yoga routine, two self-help articles, and her new blog called Build Your Inner Bridge with Bridge. Girl, your sharing has turned into oversharing. No worries, Bridge. Geico has some info worth sharing with your seven blog followers, like how you could save money on your car insurance, update your policy, and report a claim just by visiting geico.com. How's that for building your inner bridge? Bridge, Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com. 
the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOWIRE when you deposit for a free contest entry today. It is Thursday, October 1st. Clay Link here alongside Jake Latarski. You can follow Jake on Twitter at Jakeski52. I'm at Clay W. Link. This podcast is now available for subscription on iTunes and Stitcher, so please leave us a nice review if you happen to be listening on those platforms. Uh, just a reminder, Jake, Patriots and Titans on bye this week. Bye's kicking in. I'm happy to be playing the Tom Brady owner in my 2QB league and oh. the same guy who just traded me, Tyrod Taylor. So uh, I'm feeling pretty good about that. He's, yeah. he's, I think he's starting I think he's starting Mike Vick, who's going tonight. Yeah, that's a hell of a break. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm in the same boat. I happen to be playing uh, in one of my bigger money leagues, playing the guy who owns Rob Gronkowski. So nice. that's, uh, that's another huge break as someone's going to have to scrub t- together a tight end for one week. Yeah, and uh, there are a lot of streaming tight ends, but none of them are really good bets at all. Yeah, especially think. for rest of season. You just yeah. got to look at matchups week one and hope for the best. Namesake, but I do like Charles Clay, I mean, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. I think he'll be a fringe top ten guy, I think, for the rest mm-hmm. of the season just because he's pretty heavily involved, and I think that Bill's offense with Tyrod Taylor is, is looking pretty good. Is Tyrod like a – is he a QB1? I you? I in a 12 or 14, you have to consider it. I think Tyrod Taylor is one of those guys that you maybe stream week to week uh, in comparison with someone like Sam Bradford or, mm-hmm. or even a Foles. Or, eh, Foles is probably further down the list, like a Bradford or even a Carson Palmer, Cam Newton type scenario where you kind of got to go back and forth. But with uh, with the Jay Cutler and Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger injuries, I think you can elevate Taylor to QB1 for at least the next five, three to four weeks. Yeah, I think he's right there. Maybe uh, another solid performance to really solidify his status as a QB1. But I think the, again, I mean, it's been beaten to death with the the rushing floor, you know, the mm-hmm. rushing yards giving you a, a really solid floor week to week. And he's looking really good as a passer. I do have some hesitations about that Dolphins defense. I mean, they just look terrible. So I uh, don't want to buy too much into into that performance. But uh, mentioned my opponent is starting Mike Vick with Tom Brady out. Or any expectations for him at all tonight against this, this Ravens team that's actually favored by three on the road? Yeah, I mean, I was really surprised to see that an 0-3 Ravens team is yeah favored by three uh, heading into Pittsburgh. So Vegas really dogging Mike Vick, I think. But I think Vick numbers wise has a decent game I don't think he's going to have a huge game but I think they're going to utilize the short passes so I I think D'Angelo Williams will stay involved even though Le'Veon Bell will be the main guy and they'll hit Bell with a lot of short passes get Antonio Brown involved in the slot I don't think they'll be throwing many deep balls or, or, or make Vic attempt downfield throws but I think the potential for a 200 passing maybe 40 or 50 rushing and one or two touchdown game is is absolutely there do I am I confident enough to use him in daily? Probably not. Am I confident enough to use him in season long? I haven't yet, so I guess not. Over five and five leagues, but I, I don't know. I think the potential is absolutely there. It'll be intriguing to see how uh, how this all plays out. You know, I think Vic can be serviceable, and in real life, I don't think he's going to be a great fantasy option, but. Do you think he's going to be able to get it? I think he's going to be able to swing it to Le'Veon, but is he going to get it to Antonio Brown enough for Brown to live up to his week-to-week expectations that we all have for him? I mean, to expect another 10-catch, 150-yard, and a touchdown game out of Brown might be a little bit lofty, but even in an eight-team league, you have to start the guy. There's no question about that, so you just have to put Brown out there and hope for the best. I ended up with quite a few shares of him and have been happy so far, but, I I mean... 
the production will probably decline a little bit, but he'll still get the most targets. Uh, I suppose him and Bell will probably be vying for the most targets this week. And just the opportunities there, he's, he runs good routes. If Vic is even reasonably accurate, I, you know, eight catches for 80 yards seems fair enough for him. Yeah, I think he should be just fine. Now on the other side of the ball, the Ravens, a big breakout from Steve Smith, senior, still getting it done at his age. Pretty amazing, especially given the, the yards after catch, you know. It's, mm-hmm. He can still get it done that way. Yeah, he's been impressive, guys, yeah, really but I, I think it's kind of a trap. If you can yeah. sell high on him right now, you do it now because yeah. he always has a great first month. This has happened the last couple of years where he has a great first month and then eventually tapers off. I don't know if it's that he's an older veteran that runs out of gas, but he's the perfect – he is the definition of a, of a sell-high mm-hmm. option for me right now. I didn't get any shares of him because I thought, you know, maybe he'd be good in the beginning and then taper off. Uh, but that was my expectation, and it still is my expectation despite the huge couple weeks. Um, but we'll see. If the Ravens – if Vegas is right and the Ravens get ahead here, they won't need to use Steve Smith nearly as much. So – a little bit hesitant here. Yeah, I'm with you there. As far as selling high, I still think you, if you have him, you're probably starting him after that monster game last week. But I think on a week-to-week basis moving forward, mm-hmm. you know, after a down week, are you going to really feel confident throwing him out there? I think it's a big question. I mean, I think I, I week-to-week think, I mean, basis, he's yeah. a sketchy option. Yeah, maybe a wide receiver three or a low-end flex if you're owning him and haven't been able to trade him yet. But I'd absolutely field some trade offers. I mean, I would do Steve Smith for James Jones in a one-for-one, one, for example, uh, just in, kind of in, in that ballpark of, of the tier receivers you're looking at. Heath Miller may be a guy some of those Gronk owners look as a fill-in streaming option for tonight. Don't hate it, but also don't love it. Without Big Ben, means. man. Without yeah, Big Ben, exactly. that, that worries me quite Plus, a bit. Plus, the Ravens held Eifert, what, catchless last week. He should have had mm-hmm. a, that touchdown, but yeah. uh, ended up being reversed on the Des Bryant uh, rule, I guess you can call it. Pretty sketchy, but... We'll move on here. Sunday, we got the early London game, 9 a.m. Eastern time kickoff. Got to love that. Football from sunrise to sundown pretty much on Sunday. Jets at Dolphins. It is a pick over under 42. Mentioned the Dolphins' defense looking atrocious. The offense bad as well. You expect them to bounce back, or do you think this is one where maybe the hangover from that, that blowout loss, the, the trip to London, uh, maybe the Jets just come in here and, and kind of – run rough shot yeah i mean this is a straight pick em game over under only 42 so there's the chance there i really like brandon marshall in this game uh, especially if decker's not quite at 100 percent just yet so uh brandon marshall especially considering this defense that we all thought was going to be so good uh has underperformed quite a bit right now and i'm almost starting to think about dropping them in in leagues i, I mean they were a top 10 defense for me heading in Starting to think about dropping the, the Dolphins in favor of a week-to-week streaming strategy there. Uh, as far as Jarvis Landry, I mean, he's going to have rough going against those Jets' defensive backs. I benched him in one league in favor of Keenan Allen. I think that's a no-brainer. You have mm-hmm. to do that. But I, I fortunately, I happen to be stacked at wide receiver in that league already owning Gr- Randall Cobb and Golden Tate. So uh, a little bit hesitant to use some of the offenses. Uh, I, I can't remember too clearly over the past couple of years how many offensive performances there were great offensive performances in London but the big thing is is uh set your alarms wake up early make sure to get these guys in your lineups here at Rotowire we're going to have active inactives right around eight o'clock or shortly afterwards so keep an eye out for that stay tuned in yeah most definitely it's so yeah we're central that'll be 7 a.m central that'll oh, be amazing yeah. yes. well for us you know and not for most of the, uh, probably our listeners it'll be eastern time but uh, old Mike Doria is going to be in there. I mean, yep, right and early, getting all the notes up. So be sure to to check us out. And uh, I really like Chris Ivory too in this one. 
Quad mm-hmm. injury and disappointed owners in a major way last week. Obviously, he was active, so pr- people probably threw him in. But uh, practicing in full, I expect him to bounce back. I think he makes for a pretty good option there. Jaguars at Colts. Colts 10-point favorites here, over under 48. Now, it's been a tough go for the Colts, uh, of course, so far. But the Jaguars just blown out by the Patriots. You expecting Andrew Luck to finally have an Andrew Luck type of day? Yeah, he's priced accordingly on DraftKings as well. Just a hundred dollars less than top QB Aaron Rodgers, sitting at seventy nine and seventy eight hundred for Luck. So, uh, yeah, I expect a pretty big game out of him. The only thing that uh, maybe worries me a little bit is instead of. So much of Andrew Luck's value comes from playing from behind and kind of getting himself back into games in the second half. If they do get ahead early and maybe don't have to throw as much, I, I you know, I wasn't really high on Frank Gore at all season long. Don't own him anywhere, but it, as far as a daily play goes, I think he's a he's a pretty reasonable play. I, I'm looking on DraftKings right now, sitting at only 4,700. So not bad when you consider that you're paying, uh, you know, six seven thousand for your top tier of running back. So I think you could save some money there. Uh, we all remember what LeGarrette Blunt did just in the second half when the mm-hmm. Patriots are ahead. I would imagine that the Colts try to attack them with the running game in a, in a similar manner. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think, uh, you know, I haven't been high on Gore at all throughout the entire you know preseason up to now, but I think this is a, a really strong matchup for him. And he had a good day last week, mm-hmm. so i got to give him credit there. Uh, I also like the runner on the Jaguars side, T.J. Yeldon. He hasn't been good, but the, the volume has been there, and the Colts – Colts run D is not particularly good. I've got, I mean, I've got myself a TJ Yeldon, Matt Jones dilemma that I'm probably going to mm. sweat out till the end. Uh, but I, you know what? I have Matt Jones in there right now, but I'm starting to lean towards going back to Yeldon. Yeldon at least gets the volume, and when you go against a run defense that's been relatively weak so far, you got to like him. But even more than Yeldon, I like those Jags receivers. Of course, Allen Robinson, if you have him, you're starting him anywhere. But I think Allen Hearns even makes for a low-end flex play. I assume they'll be behind in that game and have to throw quite a bit. So if you've got guys like Edelman or uh, you're not really using Amendola in too many places, but if you got Edelman or Kendall Wright or any of those guys on a buy, I think you could maybe look for some profit out of those Jags receivers. You know, Just looking at Jeff Erickson's value meter for the week, he has Yeldon at, as the 21-ranked running back. And then Matt Jones versus Philly as the 28th. I think that is, I mean, that's a really close gap, obviously, in the numbers. Mm-hmm. But I think it's really close uh, when picking and choosing as, as an RB2 or a flex yeah. play. Just because, do you go with the volume in in the Eldon, or do you go with the guy in Jones who kind of has play. that explosive? Yeah, play? the big playability. Uh, I mean, I, honestly, it comes down to Matt Jones fumbling at the goal line last week. Got that... Uh, and, you know, had a perfect chance to score and ended up with his third fumble or second fumble in two weeks or something like that. And and for a rookie, of course, that's not a, a good way to get on the good side of any head coach. You know, Jay Gruden hasn't reacted like particularly. He yeah, he, he had uh, pretty much. Alfred Morris. Yeah, he pretty much seems to have leaped Alfred Morris. I, I would agree with that. Their carry distribution was pretty much even. But this could be a, a ongoing situation all yeah. year where it's dependent on game flow. So Yeah, and I think you're right to say that that fumble may have you know, knock some points off in mm-hmm. his favor in the coach's mind. Yeah, I mean, if he has a fumble, he at least ends up with, uh, I'm trying to think, he would have had just over 10 fantasy points last week. And if that's the case, I think, you know, I think I have an easier time putting mm-hmm. him in there over Yeldon. Right now, it's it got a lot more difficult. Giants at Bills. Uh, Bills favored by 5.5 at home, over under 45.5. Now, we talked a little bit about Tyrod Taylor. Uh, I really like him not only in this matchup, but really for the rest of the season as, as a as a fringe QB1. But 
I want to ask you about the running back for the Bills. Looks like LaShawn McCoy, pretty iffy to say, to put it mildly. Coach Rex Ryan say there's a real possibility McCoy does not play this week. In steps Carlos Williams, who has been impressive in his stead when, when giving an opportunity. Expecting him, if McCoy is inactive, is is Williams an, an RB1 for you this week? Yeah, quite possibly. Now, Williams, especially make note of this on DraftKings, just 3,400. He will be in every single one of my daily lineups this oh, week. Yeah. Last week, I thought the I thought a similar thing about Freeman, but was hesitant to use him across the board just in case he burned me. Sure wish I would have, but this week, Carlos Williams, that, you know, if I'm going to the Rotowire lineup optimizer, he's the first player I lock in oh, and yeah. start to build around. I think he scored a touchdown in every week so far. He's the only running back to have done that in the National Football League. Faces a Giants run defense that on paper is pretty good, but really, I mean, I don't expect them to keep up those numbers over the course of the entire season there. So go ahead, get yourself Carlos Williams in every daily and season-long lineup that we can. I noticed in the league that we share, you dumped out $48 of your fab budget on Carlos Williams. And, man, I almost wish I would have held off on Matt Jones so I could compete in that department this week uh, for Carlos Williams because even if McCoy does play, doesn't sound like he'll be at 100%, and mm-hmm. Williams will almost definitely vulture a goal line carry. So you want to watch inactives on Sunday morning? So I know a lot of uh, contests on, on, on DraftKings and even other sites, uh, some of them will exclude the early game just to get more people playing with the noon slate. So uh, if you do have time to uh, check out those inactives and, and McCoy is inactive, then he absolutely bumps up yeah. a whole lot more. Uh, I mean, I don't see Anthony Dixon taking a, a ton of carries away from Carlos Williams this week. No. Probably the best daily play I can imagine. Yeah, at that price, I mean, the ownership's going to be sky high, but I think you almost have to at that price. Yeah, I mean, just to not lose ground. Yeah, you can go ahead and get Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, and Aaron Rodgers in your lineup if you if you start off with a thirty four hundred dollar exactly. running back. So, and here was my thinking. Yeah, go here's ahead. my thinking as far as the that forty eight dollars for Carlos Williams. There's been at least there were kind of reports, kind of rumors more so than anything firm or concrete that. Yeah, this issue has been lingering for LaShawn McCoy for a while. Maybe they, they give him a week or two to, to rest rest that leg. And I just feel like one or – I think even one week of RB1 production and just having that, that handcuff for a guy who is already banged up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't own McCoy, so I can't really call it a handcuff. But just having that – the possibility of future RB1 yep. uh, weeks – I felt like it was was worth it, mainly because you know fantasy football is such a win now season long. Mm-hmm. You know, I need to win this week, so you know I'm gonna pay up, get a guy who I think will be an RB one if McCoy sits, and I do think he's going to sit. I feel like what if it's two weeks of RB one from from Carlos Williams in the short term, that that's easily worth half my fab budget. Yeah, absolutely. So listeners out there, go out and get him. Just yeah. type in Williams on, in your league to see if he's available. Worth a coin toss. I mean, we were looking last week, and there was still less than 50% ownership, and, and that should be skyrocketed to 75 80% uh, th- this upcoming week. And after he has a huge game this week, uh, he'll be owned everywhere the week after. So it's worth a look uh, just to see. Worth taking 30 seconds of your time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, on the Giants side, Victor Cruz set back this week with that calf injury. He's been ruled out for this week. Uh, tough to see for him. I know the Giants really expecting uh, him to provide a nice boost to that offense. But Ruben Randall with a strong game last Thursday. I still have my hesitations about him given the the health history. But at the same time, playing opposite Odell Beckham Jr. 
has has its benefits to say the least. Are you buying into Ruben Randall? Yeah, I'm buying into him in the short term. This is another situation where if you have a guy like Edelman, you might be able to get similar production at the very least this week. So go, yeah, I'd go check to see if Ruben Randall's available on the waiver wire. Also, probably going to use Ruben Randall a decent amount in in daily. Now he's not uh, he's not. I'm not as high on him as I am with Williams, but Ruben Randall's sitting at only 4,500 in a DraftKings lineup. So, yeah. like, as we do this show and go game to game, I might kind of be casually putting together a DraftKings lineup, and we'll see what we can uh, get out of it here. Random question, but you mentioned Edelman owners maybe looking for a fill-in, uh, either or, just because I have this guy in a couple of leagues and thinking about starting him uh, as a fill-in option. Ruben Randall or Ty Montgomery? Ooh, that's a tough one. I do think Ruben Randall's a little bit safer yeah, because Eli will spread the ball around not quite as much as Rodgers. With Rodgers, it could be anyone. I mean, James Jones and Randall Cobb are pretty much ahead of him. Jones is going to get those red zone target. Well, not necessarily. Montgomery had a nice red zone target and a score this past week. But I, even with Devonta Adams probably out for the Packers, I, I still find Montgomery both third on the packing order. And, and it's still early in the season. Still needs maybe a little bit of time to build that trust with Rodgers. But that time window is... Of, of course, he raced with Adams getting hurt and Jordan Nelson out for the year. So I'm liking Ty Montgomery, rest of season option. But if you have to pick between him and Randall this week, I go Randall this week. But moving forward, there's going to be some weeks where Montgomery gets that edge, especially if and when Cruz is able to return. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. does seem like Ty Montgomery is earning Rodgers' trust, but it is a process. And mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. There's just a lot of mouths to feed, even with the injuries there in Green Bay. And uh, I, think, I think Randall is... Definitely the safer option this week. We'll move on, though. Panthers at Buccaneers. Panthers three-point favorites at home. Really nice start for them. Over-under, pretty low in this one at just 39.5. Doug Martin, surprise non-participant in practice Thursday. He's got a knee issue. Uh, Really troubling to see this pop up at this point in the week. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll have to definitely monitor his status Friday. But Charles Sims is the guy who's next in line. He is kind of a third down back, so I kind of – would worry, you know, if I'm thinking about plugging him in, I still think he'd make for a nice option, but I think, you know, expecting him to handle the early down work on every drive may be a bit mm-hmm. mis, uh, misleading. Yeah, I mean, I think Charles Sims has is a, has reasonable flex potential, mostly in those PPR formats because of his role as a third down back. Just want to run through a couple Tampa Bay writers tweets uh, Greg Allman of the Tampa Bay Times. Lovey Smith says Doug Martin has a knee injury, quote, should be okay. Uh, Scott Smith of the Buccaneers site, Doug Martin hurt his knee yesterday and was held out today, but Lovey Smith said he should be back tomorrow. Uh, of course, they're seeming optimistic like he's going to be back, but uh, regardless, I get the sense that he'll be less than 100%. And I mean, if you look at the snap counts from last week, I, I don't have the numbers, the exact numbers in front of me, but as far as. Uh, Martin's lead on Sims it was single digits he didn't play a ton more snaps than Sims so uh I wasn't too high on Sims coming into the into the year I like Doug Martin more but there were a couple leagues where I drafted Sims kind of as a handcuff to Martin Mm -hmm. and with Martin underperforming I'm I'm glad I've hung on to Smith or I'm sorry Sims for this long just because I think there'll be some utility there especially in those half point and full PPR leagues yeah me too I think he's as a pass catching back I think he's really good you know, that was kind of his calling card coming out of college, and I think he fits that role perfectly. I think he could step in and handle more work on the ground and be fine, but I'm expecting mm-hmm. most of his production uh, and maybe a score or two through the air. If, if Martin sits, I think he could be a really nice option, uh, especially in PPR formats. No practice for Jonathan Stewart today either, though, Jake. He's got a leg issue right now. 
What are your thoughts on him? Because Cam Newton, uh, he's rushing it quite a bit as well. Do you you think the injury combined with Cam Newton's presence uh, may may put Stewart kind of on the fringe of flex consideration? Yeah, I mean, Cam Newton really frustrating a lot of Stewart owners by getting those touchdowns. Uh, Fortunately, I ended up with a decent amount of shares in Cam Newton this year, not because I was targeting him necessarily but I think everybody panicked so much without Benjamin that his stock would fall so much and I ended up snatching him up in the later rounds as like the eighth ninth tenth quarterback taken and I I feel like I've, I've been profiting so far and I plan on continuing to do so Stewart's another one where I'm just watching the inactives but even if even if Stewart's ruled inactive, that doesn't necessarily. I mean, they are they are playing Tampa Bay, so that might help things a little bit. But that doesn't necessarily mean I'm rushing to get Fozzie Whitaker, Cameron Artis Payne into my daily lineups. They they haven't really shown much so far, and you know, I I got a feeling Stewart might be back, even if he is limited a little bit. But the rushing attack, I mean, I just yeah, none of those other options really intrigue me enough to go out and spend money on it. Uh, wide out for the Panthers. I, d- I just have a feeling Teddy Ginn's going to have this monster game at some point. I don't like him at all in, in season long, but I, I've been I used him last week in fantasy or in daily, and he had a decent week. And I'm probably going to continue going to that well and, and hope he hits just because he is so cheap. You pair him up with Carlos Williams, and you're talking an absolutely monster lineup around those guys. Mm-hmm. Quite a few targets. You know, efficiency hasn't been great, but I just have a feeling he he's a big play guy. He's got great speed. I think eventually he's going to. Some game, going to be hard to predict, but get behind the defense for a couple long scores. Moving on, Eagles at Redskins. Eagles three-point favorites on the road here, over under 44. Eagles with what I would think, uh, what I would call a surprising win against the Jets last week, but uh, I guess the book is still out as far as how good the Jets actually are, but uh, that's the case with the Eagles too. You expecting them at, you know, behind Chip Kelly to go into Washington and, and take care of business and kind of easily cover the spread yeah I would expect so I just mostly out of lack of faith in the Redskins than faith in the Eagles but if there is a week to start all your Eagles uh, this would be one of those uh, weeks Redskins giving up a lot of yards so far this year and I really like a Sam Bradford Jordan Matthews combo in in a lot of daily formats because I I just I'm enjoying the potential there so I might try to work Bradford into a few daily lineups his ownership's going to be low people have been uh, rough on him now but another week to integrate himself into the system build rhythm and go against maybe a weaker opponent makes him I don't know good enough for me I'm hoping he finally does something because I was dead wrong through the first three weeks as far as mm-hmm. what he's going to bring to the table really liked you know where he's going in drafts uh, was buying too much into the preseason and the system. He just hasn't looked good, but I think there's also kind of a learning curve here in learning this offense and getting on the same page with a lot of his position players. I think eventually he'll be a, a QB2. He hasn't been even a QB2 to this point, but I think eventually he'll be a, you know, maybe a, a midway, kind of a halfway point in, among QB2s. Uh, hopefully it starts this week with a, with a solid performance. The, the only thing, the thing that I think bodes well for him is that the the ground game got going last week mm-hmm. behind Ryan Matthews. Looks like DeMarco Murray's going to be back this week, practicing full today. Uh, he's got that hamstring issue still. Are you expecting him to get on track too, you know, if, if they are able to you know, get him and kind of run a similar type of game plan as they ran last week? I, I mean, if you own him, you almost have to start him because of where what you spent on him. However, seeing Ryan Matthews and Darren Sproles help them move the ball last week mm-hmm. quite a bit, Makes me think that they'll 
it's the dreaded word in fantasy, but running back by committee approach, do you think they might be heading that way? I mean, Murray still got his touchdowns in the first couple of weeks despite just a garbage average, but at, I don't know. At the same time, I, I wouldn't use Murray in daily because his price is going to be too high. In season long, you almost have to use him, but I don't feel good about it. I, I would be... I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I, I very much have faith in Carlos Williams from the Bills outperforming mm-hmm. him this week. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they could move into a more even timeshare type of thing. But also, I just think they'll they'll all be involved more with, with Matthews and Sproles more so in the passing game. And I do think Marco will get going eventually. I don't know what it was, but it, something just wasn't clicking, obviously. You look at the numbers. I think eventually they'll figure it out with him, and he'll be all right. I think you have to start him here, as you said, even though <clears throat> I think that RB1 status is, is out the window already. I mm-hmm. really do. I, I'd, I'd be safe in that, yep. Uh, Raiders at Bears, over under 45. As Packers fan, love to see the Bears. Three-point dogs to the Raiders at home. Now, Jay Cutler saying, if I can get back, I'll get back. We'll see about that, but... Uh, I mean, that's standard nonchalant yeah. Jay Cutler stuff. Smoking Jay. I mean, I, mean, I can just see him. I, I didn't see the interview where he said this, but I can just see the tone. Yeah, you know, if, if I can get back, I'll get back. You know, some, something like that out of, out of Jay Cutler. So I am streaming the Raiders defense this week. Wow, hey, yeah. can you do that? Can you say that? I, I mean, they've got plenty of talent on that defense. They should be better. Khalil Mack's a monster. I, I know. Yeah. I know you're you're a Raiders writer, and I, well, I mean, not anymore. No, not well, I, I guess <laughs> I, at one point covered the Raiders for this team, but I don't know how. how I mean, are you feeling good about that defense this week? But I guess more importantly, I, do, if, I mean, Jimmy Clausen. Yeah, all you Jimmy Clausen. Two words. But I mean, more importantly, how about the uh, Derek Carr Amari Cooper connection? You think they're coming out to play against the Bears, who really struggled uh, a lot against the pass? Yeah, I do. I mean, Amari Cooper. You watch him on film, and it's just amazing how how easily he gets open. You know, the route running is superb. And Derek Carr, you know, I wasn't the highest on him coming in, but he's he has looked a lot better, taking a, a pretty significant step forward in his second year. And I think he's just, he can get it to him in open space and let Cooper do his thing. I, I do think he's a, a solid play in this one. I even think Michael Crabtree in season long is like a flex play or a wide receiver mm-hmm. three isn't terrible. I'm not starting any Bears, though. Alshon Jeffrey... Even if he's active, I'm probably looking at other options if I have him. I mean, he limited in today's practice. Would you agree that you're looking elsewhere if you can? I mean, same answer as before, those two words, Jimmy Clausen. you got to worry about it a little bit. I want to see, before I'm comfortable starting him, I want to see him come out, get double-digit targets, and haul in at least half of them in a score. I I just need that confidence to be able to go, and I just don't know if that is going to be possible with Jimmy Clausen. I mean, I know when Cutler's in there, he'll probably force him the ball, and it's, I don't know, the rest of their receiving options aren't the greatest outside of Bennett. Forte is probably going to be their leading receiver by the by, by year's end if Jeffrey doesn't get it going here pretty soon. So I'm hesitant, but at the same time, if you don't have other options, you have to go with him, and I think uh, I, I, it's a decent matchup, and you should get a little bit of production even if it's in garbage time. Yeah, you'd hope so, but again, two words. I don't know. We'll see about this, but Texans at Falcons. Falcons seven-point favorites at home, over under 46.5. Devontae Freeman, career game last week, absolute, absolutely amazing. Hopefully you started him if you had him. Uh, got my opponent in one of my leagues, sat him in standard, which I think Ooh. is more understandable but still tough. 
to see. Are you expecting his ownership to, to soar this week and perhaps be too high in daily? Yeah, I mean, his price and his ownership, I feel like, are going to be a little bit too high for me in particular. Everyone suffers from the recency bias. Maybe not everyone, that's a generalization, but too many people suffer from the recency bias when they're playing daily fantasy sports and they see that huge game and they want to get in on the action. Uh, I mean, that was a good strategy with Odell Beckham uh, last year. But this year, I'm probably fading Devontae Freeman this week. Now, he was limited in practice Wednesday with a toe injury, so he didn't emerge from that game completely unscathed, maybe a little bit banged up. I don't think Tevin Coleman's coming back either, so at least he's safe there. And I mean, Teron Ward isn't a huge threat to his carries, uh, provided he does play and plays most of the snaps. But going against a much better uh, Houston Texans defense with some some stellar defensive linemen there that are going to give him a much tougher task than the Cowboys did in in the last week so I'm probably fading Freeman this week uh but at the same time I mean I I could easily be proven wrong but just too many factors working against him for me to use him personally yeah starting him in season long yeah PPR, that, that you can sure, work with for yeah. sure in daily um, I just yeah fading yeah. And, and you'll be able to benefit just given there. the high ownership I, I certainly see where you're coming from there now on the Texan side Arian Foster looking like a game time call for this one now the the plan has been through his rehab to get him to the point where you know he'd step back on the field and take on a starter's workload right away so I think mm-hmm. if he's active, you're throwing him out there, am I right? Probably as a, an RB1 or fringe. Yeah, I've got to make that decision in a couple formats, and I, I'm about ready to pull the trigger. I mean, we saw what the Falcons' run D let Joseph Randall do last week, and even if Foster's carries are limited to 10-15, he could still come come out of that with 80 yards and a touchdown. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and throw him out there and, and, and hope for the best, fingers crossed. My expectations aren't too high week one, uh, considering he's coming back maybe a little bit earlier than expected, but – at the same time, you you got to go with your guy. and So unless you have two stud running backs already, which is unlikely if you did draft Foster, you're probably, you're probably going to throw him out there this week. Fantasy football just got a whole lot more interesting. Week four, DraftKings will be hosting yet another Millionaire Maker event with $1.2 million going to first place. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code ROTOWIRE to play free with your first deposit on DraftKings. That's promo code ROTOWIRE for free entry now with your first deposit at DraftKings.com. This isn't fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. Uh, Another game here, Chiefs at Bengals. I think this one's pretty interesting. Bengals, four-point favorites at home, over under 44.5. Chiefs got it going in garbage time last week. Got a TD to Macklin, and you know that actually was huge for me because I have several shares of Macklin, and I was really pissed off after that first half, but good Mm -hmm. to see them get involved. Now for the Bengals... They're off to an outstanding start, and I think this is a game that's very winnable for them. But do you expect Tyler Eifert mentioned that he had that should have been touchdown last week, but are you expecting a bounce-back performance in in this one? I mean, look at the Green Bay game from last Monday night when in the red zone it's clear that Mike McCarthy and the Packers saw something against this Chiefs defense because maybe it was a little bit Eddie Lacy injury, but they didn't run the ball really inside the five-yard line. They were throwing those... They were kind of running those pick plays and and quick slants and counting on the receivers to bring it in. And if the Bengals go with a similar game plan there, that could mean big numbers for Eifert. Uh, Of course, that that is if A.J. Green doesn't get it in from 40, 50 yards out already. So that's that's the big thing there. But I think both Eifert and Green have good bounce-back games. Uh, Again, I I discussed the recency bias a little bit earlier in the show. Uh, That's going to sour a lot of people on Eifert because I had him 
pretty much universal across all my lineups last week and that uh thankfully freeman and Legarrette blunt came to the rescue for me but uh it really really hurt me if i could if that touchdown would have been caught or if you, even i got a tight end with somewhere in the six to ten point range it, you know it, it would have made a difference of possibly hundreds of dollars Ooh. so uh something yeah something to go with there but so i'm gonna be sour on him but that's just me doing the recency bias thing i think there's a very good case to be made that eifer can be used in a lot of daily lineups this week i mean richard rogers not the biggest name tight end for the packers he caught a, a, a few balls in the last game and you get a uh i guess a more established uh possibly more skilled tight end with tyler eifert and he could end up with a big game now you do the waiver wire podcast earlier in the week i'd love to get your thoughts on marvin jones i didn't listen but did you did you talk about jones yes we did discuss jones a little bit didn't recommend too much more than a than a six to eight dollar bid at this point but i he could end up being especially in those three wide receiver leagues he could be a third wide receiver or a flex he he, you guys kind of remember what muhammad sanu did last year when when green was out and of course now green healthy uh primetime player for sure to quote Dickie V there but uh Marvin Jones I I mean he could get a few red zone targets I, I think he was a benefit beneficiary of uh, Eifert not having the greatest game in week three and it won't necessarily be consistent but if you're looking for some deep salary relief in a tournament you can always feel free to look towards uh to look towards a guy like Marvin Jones uh sitting there at 3,800 on DraftKings you could take a chance yeah I mean he he missed a large portion of this, of last season after having like foot surgery, but I think he's a talented guy, and I think he's he may be a bit of a boomer bust week to week. But I, I think you're right. In the end, we could be looking at wide receiver three production, top thirty type of guy. Yeah, I, I, really, I agree I really with that. There, that. Yep. We'll move on to the afternoon games here. The four four o five Eastern starts. Uh, just one of those actually between the Browns and the Chargers. Chargers nine point favorites at home. Over under forty four and a half. I saw today that the Browns planning to implement a, a package of plays for Johnny Manziel, but are you expecting him to maybe take the reins full time before this game is even is even over? I, I I'm still doubtful. Coach Mike Patton and company are are pretty stubborn when it comes to this. They want to go. Uh, I mean, a defensive minded coach, of course, always wants to go with the guy who will turn the ball over less. And Johnny Manziel, obvious big play potential. We've seen it. Him and Benjamin have quite the connection. But generally, McCown is thought of as being the safer quarterback. However, if McCown starts throwing picks, he'll the same thing that'll happen to Brian Ho- that happened to Brian Hoyer last year when he threw like six picks in three games or something mm-hmm. over a stretch. That was enough to get Pettin to turn over to the young guy, figuring. Yeah, I mean, if, if both guys are going to throw picks, might as well give the young guy a shot and see what he has. Uh, as far as what you can do with this information, outside of stashed on Johnny Manziel on your bench in a deep league, there's not much. I, I'm not confident enough to try him in daily in any format, and you definitely can't start him in your season long. There's probably 26 or 27 quarterbacks that I'd rather go with this week. So uh, not super confident in him this week, but – him starting is going to depend on McCown, and if he throws if he throws some picks like Hoyer did last year, the switch could be made within a matter of weeks. I guess we'll just see. It's worth monitoring. Does Melvin Gordon get it going in this one? I can see him getting going. The Browns' run defense, uh, I mean, uh, Desmond Bryant, uh, their defensive end, is a little bit banged up. He was inactive last week. They turned to John Hughes and had rookie – I think it was uh, maybe Xavier Cooper, if I can get my name straight, uh, active for the first time. But uh, in a lot of sets there, the Browns are going to have two rookies on their three-man defensive front. So with that 
being said, there's going to be plenty of uh, of room to gash that offense. So Melvin Gordon gets it going. I uh, I don't I think Keenan Allen has another pretty sizable game. Uh, again, not using him too much in daily because of that recency bias thing. Because he will get Joe Hayden, but I don't think Joe Hayden shuts him down completely. And another hundred yard receiving game is not out of the question. Packers at 49ers. Packers nine and a half point favorites on the road here. Over under 48 and a half. You mentioned Devontae Freeman a little bit earlier. Devontae Adams? Or I'm sorry, Devontae Adams. That's right. A little bit earlier. ESPN report clarifying that it's not a high ankle sprain for him, apparently. Oh, really? Which is good to hear. Great news. Uh, Adams saying it's it's a low ankle sprain, but uh, and has not been formally ruled out for Sunday's game, but I, I think it's pretty safe to say mm-hmm. he, he's probably going to sit at least at least one game with that for aggravating that early on Monday. Now, the, the Niners at home seem to always play the Packers pretty tight, but a large part of that maybe just remembering those Colin Kaepernick games in, what, 2011, I think, when he first mm-hmm. came out of the scene. Yep. But yeah. uh, maybe 2012, I forget exactly when it was. But anyway, are you expecting maybe the Niners to – play them a little tight in this one i'm not expecting them to win but maybe like playing within a touchdown uh, cover the spread not not especially uh i mean I, I guess i don't have enough faith to uh try to put my money down on the packers to cover the spread because nine and a half on the road is generally a bet i'll avoid regardless of if it's the packers or anywhere else but i don't expect this game to be that close this is a very different 49ers team defense very depleted from what we saw from them when, of course, they were dogging the Packers for so long in the playoffs and in the regular season. But especially if Morgan Burnett can get healthy for the Packers in that defensive secondary, I I think that uh, we're going to have another three-pick game out of Kaepernick. And if you turn the ball over to an Aaron Rodgers offense, you're going to get behind fast, and it could end up very much like Monday night against the Chiefs. Yeah. I mean, I think Carlos Hyde should have a pretty good game, but I'm not expecting anything from Mm -hmm. Kaepernick. Kaepernick, I mean, obviously we saw those two pick sixes. Pretty much identical plays. Yep. And you just can't be making those kind of decisions and those kind of back foot throws uh, at this level. I mean, yep. you're, you're, and get that he mm-hmm. had that big extension, had that early success, but he's just not making the adjustments that you have to make to mm-hmm. have a long career in the NFL. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm not quite sure if we're going to see the Blaine Gabbard show or not this season. <laughs> no. uh, that, that's doubtful because that's probably going to even be worse. But one last thing to add on the Packers' defense, especially before we move on. Remember Latroy Guyon, who had a big year for the Packers last year, uh, covering for B.J. Raji after he got hurt. Guyon will be, will be back and playing in this game, maybe not starting that nose tackle, but he should see some reps on the defensive line. It'll help their depth and maybe help against that running game a little bit. Uh, I mean, Jamal Charles didn't have a huge rushing game last week, but did find the end zone three times. So uh, there's always I, I could see Carlos Hyde having an 80 yard and a touchdown game, but I don't expect him to go off by any means. Rams at Cardinals. Cardinals seven and a half point favorites at home, over under 42 and a half. Now we'll get to the the Cardinals backfield in a second, but for the Rams, Todd Gurley eased into the offense as expected. I think he had what eight or nine touches last week for only if you know uh, less than twenty yards. But are you expecting him to maybe get more involved this week? Perhaps find find the end zone. As tempted as I am to get Gurley in all my lineups, the matchups really holding me back. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at my other options. If I picked up Carlos Williams, I'm probably using him first. Of course, uh, any other first round draft pick running back, uh, you need to be considering using them for sure. So I. I like Gurley to get it going eventually, but against the Cardinals defense, I have a tough time believing that week four is the week for that. I'm right there with you. Uh, definitely starting Williams over him by mile if I can. 
and probably sitting girly regardless just until I see more until mm-hmm. they they take the training wheels off uh off of him a little bit maybe not I didn't think you can start him before he's back at completely full strength but I need to see I need to see what he can do with 12 plus touches before I I really sign off on that now Andre Ellington for the Cardinals limited at practice Wednesday still waiting on that Thursday injury report but uh, sounds like Bruce Arians plans to keep Chris Johnson in, heavily involved even if Ellington is active is this just a bunch to completely stay away from, just given the uncertainty as to how the touches will, will shake out? Yeah, I mean, if you had to play one, I like Chris Johnson the best probably, but I don't like him enough to use him as an RB2 or, or in any daily formats because it's just highly risky. Now, Arian says he's going to be heavily involved, like you just said there, but I I just I, I don't know. I mean, the Rams have an excellent front seven, so I think uh, if anyone can benefit, uh, it'll be the Cardinals' passing game, so maybe Carson Palmer um, – Larry Fitzgerald, maybe we could see something out of Michael Floyd this year. Who knows? Uh, Jerron Brown dealing with an injury, or, or sorry, John Brown, too many Browns, but uh, John Brown dealing with a little bit of an ailment. He's been kind of limited in practice this week. So I don't know. I'm looking towards pass catching options before running backs. I'm glad you mentioned Michael Floyd because Fitzgerald obviously getting a lot of attention and deservedly so, but saw a report that the Cardinals want to get Michael Floyd more involved. Mm-hmm. And he was pretty involved last week, even though didn't show up in the stat sheet but a lot of snaps I think over 50 snaps and I think he kind of makes for a sneaky daily play just because given that the price is so depressed yeah very a very skilled player I mean it was not even this year but the year before is is of course we got this wrong but we were kind of predicting Michael Floyd to surpass Larry Fitzgerald in terms of production that got derailed pretty badly by the Carson Palmer injury. And, of course, at the start of this year, he hadn't been as involved as much because he was dealing with uh, a finger issue mm-hmm. for the end of camp in the first couple weeks. Able to play through it, but production's not really high. Get him healthy, and I think he'll be ready to go. He only has two catches so far on the year for 30 yards, seven targets. But like you said, the snap counts are, are definitely up there. I mean, last week, 31 snaps. The week before, 39 snaps against the Bears. He'll be... He's a very risky daily play, probably more of a tournament play than in your cash games, and I I wouldn't really throw him out there in season-long formats just yet. But just because he hasn't produced like you were hoping so far up to this season, I think I I don't think you can drop him yet. And there was times when I was tempted to, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to jump the gun on him, especially if you have a deep bench. I think you need to be holding on to him because he could be a late-season breakout candidate that helps a lot of owners in the playoffs. Yeah, plus, you know, I think John Brown may have been a bit overvalued. I liked him quite a bit, but he hasn't really performed at the level we were all expecting. He had a, had a bad drop on what should have been a long touchdown recently. and mm-hmm. uh, I, I think the fact that they are looking to get John or get Floyd more involved kind of speaks to uh, how they feel about, about Brown a little bit. Are you, you mm-hmm. reading into that? Yeah, m- maybe a little bit. I mean, obviously John Brown dominating Floyd in terms of snaps yeah. and overall targets and just general production but uh i mean hasn't been doing a lot with those targets yeah i don't know i mean I still seven, not, five and five he's been efficient but not not great yeah. i think larry fitz is still the guy in this offense yeah i'm with you and yeah i don't think brown hasn't been bad by any means and i think he'll remain pretty heavily involved i think they may want to scale his role down just a bit have a more of a kind of a true slot guy uh We'll see how that pans out. Definitely not dropping Brown anywhere. Definitely holding tight on him and probably starting him this week, uh, even though I don't feel great about this matchup for him. Vikings at Broncos. Broncos seven-point favorites at home, over under 43. Real story for the Broncos this year has been just the dominance of the defense. Expecting that unit to show up and really limit 
Teddy Bridgewater and Andrew Peterson throughout most of the, the day Sunday. I mean, the Broncos' defense has been quite formidable, but if you're looking for a really cheap option in daily, I almost consider streaming the Vikings' defense. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and quote, quote Rotowire's own uh, Andrew Martinez in his streaming defense article, which I love on a week-to-week basis. Yeah. Check it out, by the way, if you're, if you're a Rotowire subscriber. If you're not, rotowire.com slash free. But he opens his Vikings section. He goes, hi, I'm Peyton Manning, and I have DirecTV. And I'm 2015 noodle arm Peyton Manning, and I have cable. With DirecTV, I get all the games, and with cable, I get no zip on my passes and look like I should retire at halftime in some games. Martinez, great writer. I always love reading his stuff, but I see where he's coming from here and may want to consider the Vikings' defense, uh, especially if I need to save some money. I never like to shell out for the top defenses, with the exception of last week paying up for the Seahawks against two words Jimmy Clausen. But this week, you know, might be looking for some cheaper options and. Who knows what kind of Peyton Manning comes to play? He does have the home crowd behind him, but and I mean Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, both high-priced receivers in the top ten as far as salary goes on DraftKings. Vikings have a better than perceived pass defense, I want to say, and I'm not quite sure that those guys will be living up to their value this week. Yeah, I think that's interesting. I hadn't really thought about that, and you know, I do like, I obviously respect and like Martinez, but I thought, I thought. Manning looked better last week. More zip. He just kind of had the that more. In the second half. In the yeah. second half when he had to throw that, more. Well, the throw before the half to Demarius was pretty strong. Too. Yeah, yeah, I And suppose. he just like, would step up and, and let it rip a few times. I'm with you. I mean, this arm strength clearly lacking now, but I think he looked a little better. And I, I think at home, th- there's at least blow-up potential with the Vikings, D. Yeah, there's definitely blow-up potential. It's a high-risk, high-reward play. I'll acknowledge that. uh, Maybe only for tournaments if you're really going to punt defenses there. You might want to go with someone safer in your cash games. But I don't know, just wanted to throw that out there. like to offer different writers' perspectives here and there, and there could be some profit to find. For sure. I I mentioned Teddy Bridgewater, and he's been bad so far, and I don't think you can start him anywhere. Probably not even should be owned in most leagues anymore. I thought he, given the high completion percentage, I thought he was – Going to be pretty safe by on a week-to-week basis. But the return of Adrian Peterson, this is a, a run-first team and pretty much a run-only team. Yeah, I'm still hanging on to Bridgewater in my dynasty league. But uh, the only tough part is I also have Sam Bradford in that league, and I'm going to yeah. have to make another tough quarterback decision pretty soon. Got Bridgewater for 2 bucks at auction, thinking if he does come mm-hmm. through, I'd be able to hang on to him. But not looking like the case so far. And if it gets to week 6 or 7 and I still haven't seen it, then I'm probably just going to cut bait even though it's a dynasty format and see if I can wait elsewhere. We only get two keepers, so I'm probably keeping guys like like Foster or Jordan Matthews or Odell Beckham even though his price is pretty high. So uh, not looking too optimistic on Bridgewater, uh, especially this week against a tough D. Sunday night, we got the Cowboys at the Saints. Saints, four-and-a-half-point favorites at home, over under 46-and-a-half. Now, this would be a lot more interesting if it was Tony Romo versus Drew Brees. It's going to be Brandon Whedon against question mark for the Saints. Could be Breeze, but he was limited at practice Wednesday. Uh, took most of the reps, but not not a lock. So we'll, we'll just wait and see how this goes. But uh, are you expecting the Saints to to cover the spread against the Cowboys? I just think I think the Cowboys are are a better team than the Saints, even yeah. with with Breeze. I think mm-hmm. you know, and the Cowboys minus uh, Romo. I just am not a big believer in the Saints team. Yeah, I mean, Saints are just a mess. Uh, if you're looking, uh, watching Twitter this morning, uh, I believe the Saints made a trade. Uh, I can't remember if it was one of their linemen. I forget the name, but Jimmy Graham 
basically tweeted at him, hey, congrats, man. You're really lucky to get out of there. And, of course, that tweet was immediately deleted. But, uh, yeah, there's evidence around lingering on the Internet for that if you want to go find it. So, yeah, Saints organizationally are just a mess, but you got to like them at home in the Superdome against Brandon Whedon. I mean, the only question there is the Saints run D. Does Joseph Randall make for another nice daily play? I know a lot of people are going to be having that recency bias effect where three touchdowns means get him in there everywhere. I'm going to start Randall where I own him in season long for sure. Daily, I might be a little bit more hesitant. I'll be watching the price, which has surely jumped in the thousands of dollars, um, you know, by quite a bit. So, I mean, there's there's plenty of good fantasy options in this game, despite the the not so hot quarterbacks. And and if if Breeze plays, uh, maybe Brandon Cooks could get going. I don't know. That might be a stretch. He's been disappointing so far this year, but I guess we'll wait and see. I mean, still a pretty high over under at forty six and a half. One of the higher ones of the week. So there's going to be some points scored. It's just a matter of if they're scored sloppily, defensive touchdowns, that kind of thing, or if any of these offenses can click. Yeah, with Cooks, you know, he definitely has been disappointing, but he's been pretty consistent. I'll give him that. At least he's like double-digit points in PPR yeah. each of the first three weeks. I think he's bound to blow up one of these weeks. Maybe it's this one. I'm probably starting him. Yeah, In your season-long season leagues, Clay, are, are you suffering from uh, one of your favorite adult swim shows, Too Many Cooks? <laughs> you know... I, I had zero cooks in the in the from throughout most of the draft season. Then got two shares at the end, and I was so pumped to have cooks in a couple of leagues. But uh, you know, without Breeze, I think he, he'd be a fringe starter. With Breeze, I'm starting him, but uh, definitely hasn't panned out. I expected him to be a, a pretty solid wide receiver one this year in PPR. And still time, still time. Too many cooks. Great, great show if you haven't seen it. I know you just Just a one time. I, I don't know if I share I that same disagree. sentiment, but uh, <laughs> if you're looking to kill a half hour on something mindless, maybe check it out. Yeah, I, I recommend it. Lions <laughs> at Seahawks. Seahawks, 10.5 point favorites at home. Uh, Monday night game here, over under 43. Now, Marshawn Lynch, I think, is a, is a tough guy to own this week because given the Monday, the Monday game, you know, uh, maybe his status will be pretty clear after Saturday's practice, but who knows? He may be a game-time call. He worth writing it out, though, and, and seeing what happens on Monday? I mean, you keep him on your roster, and if you're a Marshawn Lynch owner, go ahead and get yourself some Thomas Rawls. He looked yeah. a bit, little bit more experienced in the offense than Fred Jackson did. Fred Jackson, the oldest running back in the league, keep that in mind. So, I mean, you kind of have to treat it like you did with Eddie Lacy and James Starks on Monday night, where if you're a Lacy owner, go ahead and get yourself Starks just in case the unexpected happens. You never really know with Marshawn Lynch. He's never a heavy participant in practice there anyway. But, uh, yeah, but I mean, yeah, you just got to handcuff him just to be safe. Thomas Rawls should be available on most waiver wires. Uh, Fred Jackson has a higher ownership percentage because of the name recognition. But, I mean, it, it's... 2015 guys yeah. you, you got to look at the facts here first so Rawls will probably have a little bit better game than Jackson if of course Lynch doesn't play and if Lynch is is ruled active I guess you got to start him but you're also you're not just looking for the active inactive you're looking for the active but maybe limited because he was active last week got a few carries but just really didn't really do much and let a lot of fantasy owners down yeah I think it's dangerous just because you know Marshawn has been so durable throughout his career, I've, and he's only missed what one game since joining Seattle. Uh, I think, I think he's going to suit up, but how much he plays is a question. I do think Rawls is pretty interesting. Not a guy that's really in even Carlos Williams' range, you know, as far as guys to go get on the waiver wire. But I think he is pretty interesting because Pete Carroll really d- does like this guy. He actually wanted to go out and get him, and 
the, the, all you have to look at is the the carries, the snaps last week. He was he was the guy after Lynch went went out, and uh, I think if he does get the majority of the carries in this one, he could be. Uh, a really solid option mm-hmm. and that Lions run defense of course everyone knows no no Sue anymore replaced them with a loading nada but ha- hasn't looked as great as as the Lions run defense of years past so if you if you've been avoiding this matchup recently I don't think there's any reason to avoid it anymore I think the Lions pretty clearly are going to fall mm-hmm. to 0-4 in this one but on their side of the ball do you like any of these options? I think Calvin Johnson obviously a start, but is Golden Tate just a fringe guy now? Man, I'm benching Golden Tate. I, I got to pick three or four every week. My toughest dilemma is Cobb, Tate, Landry, and Allen. And Tate's the odd man out this week. He just hasn't performed, and his matchups a lot worse. Going to go against the defense that has Cam Chancellor back. I, of course, he's going to come out and go for 150 and two scores this week, just despite me. But, uh, but, uh, but he's my choice to sit this week, just based on the matchup. Well, guys, that'll do it for us. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOWIRE when you make your deposit for a free contest entry today. Also, check out ROTOWIRE free for 10 days by going to ROTOWIRE.com slash pod. That's ROTOWIRE.com slash P-O-D. For Jake Letarski, I'm Clay Link. The ROTOWIRE Fantasy Football Podcast will be back with you on Friday. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.